0: you're listening to the long overdue podcast today's episode we have chris and pat and don and myself denise and this is a very special episode this is our 50th episode I can't believe
1: we've been talking that much.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. We actually came up with 50 episodes worth of content.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, sort of. And we they're pretty good. original. I mean, as uh, far yeah. as yeah. not doubled up. Right. Yeah. yeah. Being good. It's amazing. <laughs> and that does not include.
0: That does not include our murder podcast now. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is all just long overdue podcast. And this is our 50th episode.
1: Yay. Thank you all for listening and helping yeah. us to be successful. Yeah, thanks for, Absolutely. Thanks for getting here with us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so in this episode, we've decided that we're going to try to make a list mm-hmm. of our 50 favorite books Yay. combined, all of ours. So we've each come up with a list of 15 books that we're going to have to somehow whittle down to So, yes, if our
3: math is correct, (laughs) right now we have 60. We're going to have to drop 10 total, unless we've got overlap. So, it'll be interesting to see if we've got any overlap. Yeah, that that will will be interesting. interesting. (laughs) I I would find it hard to believe that of the four of us, there was no overlap whatsoever. Uh But it's certainly possible because there's millions of books out there.
2: That's right.
0: Well, we all have a very...
3: yeah different
0: we, we kind of do but <laughs> we like to read so that's and, true. and
1: that's what i wanted to say too because i my criteria for picking my books mm-hmm. was that they were meaningful to me in mm-hmm. some way or another mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they were classics the or, greatest books ever mm-hmm. right right they yeah. were good to me yeah. for different reasons yeah so I've actually moved some of those down off of my top 15. Oh, so, like some classics or some of the meaningful ones? More of the meaningful ones. Hmm, so we okay. I, I don't know. I don't know right. if we should talk about those or not. But I don't know. The list is here. I've got 15. Maybe we'll I'll start throw with one of those in. Start with one. <laughs> just one. <laughs> just, oh, just start with one. Okay, I'm going to go with Pet Cemetery mm. uh-huh. by Stephen King. Uh-huh. Sorry, Pat, I that's probably care. not one of your favorites. No, it favorites. is not
3: on my list. I will, I will <laughs> I've got
1: that. no Stephen King
0: on my list. That's so weird. Wow. Because I do really like Stephen King.
1: Yeah. Well, like he Stephen is, wow. uh, I was like always reading him after I read Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to him when I was, I think, about 16, and I was hooked Wow. since then. So it was really Ooh. good. Wow. So how do I have to defend my book? How are we going to do that? Well, you don't have to defend it yet. Yet,
3: okay. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Once we get down to yeah, well, I I don't know. When how we get we're to the use...
0: the Thunderdome part of our yeah. episode,
3: <laughs> <laughs> are we? I mean, we could just be civil about this and say, "Well, I'll trade you a this for a that." <laughs> no. that's, that's, not that's how right. Thunderdome works, Pat. <laughs>
2: So are these in no particular
1: order? Or? No, no okay. particular order. Yeah. Okay.
0: And I will say that these are just 15 books that I'm really loving at this moment of my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I would say, too. And I may have forgotten books that I've read
3: that I Mm -hmm. really liked, Yeah, Yeah.
1: they just didn't make the list. Well,
3: and and I was telling Chris earlier, about two-thirds of the books on my list are books that have been on my favorite list for a while, Mm
4: -hmm. but then
3: there's some that are pretty recent, well, you know, relatively recent Mm -hmm. editions that may come and go depending on what else I find or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm.
4: but... Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. So who's next? Are we going around or whatever? We can go around. I think. Sure. I don't want to say all mine. No, (laughs) I don't think you should say all yours. Yeah.
3: Well, my the first one on my list is the Lord of the Rings, just because it's it was like the best ever epic fantasy that I've ever read. Um, Even now. Yeah, I think so. Even now, even with its problematic passages and all that, I think it still kind of stands the test of time. It's one of those books that I'll go back and reread. Um, it's, so that's interesting. I think we might have talked about, about this before, but with ebooks, you know, you can finish a book and you can go get another one. But it used to be, <laughs> when you were reading print books only, that You know, you finish your book and you have to read from what you have if you can't go to the library that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. The Lord of the Rings used to be one of those books that would just buy my nightstand. If I didn't have something else, I would pick it up and reread it. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: And sometimes I would reread it anyway, just when I did have something Mm -hmm. else. But now I do less of that because other things are right there at my fingertips. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how much gets reread.
1: Well, not just rebread, but also how they stick in your mind. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can read them so quickly, they right. don't resonate as right. much right. And
3: Well, so, yeah, that's my first one, Lord of the Rings.
2: Well, can I go ahead and just mark that off as overlap? Because that's on my list.
3: Too. Oh, it, see, I thought it might be. <laughs> I thought it might be on and your I list. haven't read.
2: I, don't, I haven't read it nearly as much as you have. Yeah. But, um. Like I, I, don't know. Like even if it's not uh, like one of my most favorite books ever for the rest of my life, uh-huh. it it pretty much established a whole genre of all the things that I do enjoy. Yeah, yeah, that's what oh. I was. Oh. So YouTube. like everything that I like and enjoy tends to pay some respect or homage to mm-hmm. to the the Lord of the Rings. So. Right.
3: Right. Yeah, I think for me it was kind of a turning point. I'd read, I'd been reading other things before that. I'd read The Hobbit in high school, but I hadn't read The Lord of the Rings till a couple of years later. And um, when I read it, that's kind of when I started really delving into epic fantasy. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of that. Oh yeah, this is a hook, and it and it got me started reading lots okay. of others in that genre. <laughs> it was your gateway drug.
0: <laughs> it, was, it
1: was, It was. which is interesting. Thank you, Tolkien. <laughs> I was wondering about the Hobbit. I'm like, does that tie into Lord of the Rings? Because I remember it's, reading it's it. Prequel. It is okay. Yeah. Because I really did like it. Hmm. Um. And then I couldn't finish it for some reason. The Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings? I think the Hobbit. Okay. But yeah, I really, really did like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I never read those. I just watched the movies. Sorry. I think as far as it, reads It's a go, different thing. Yeah, I like yeah. The Hobbit better. Oh. Like
2: I just think it's a more enjoyable, fast-paced read. Yeah, okay. it's
3: definitely much more accessible. It's it's fun mm-hmm. on a level that The Lord of the Rings is not. It's pretty intense. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it. I... So you, I usually kind of think about them separately, even though they go together.
4: Yeah,
1: I I wouldn't consider the Hobbit part of that series.
4: Hmm.
1: Okay, and that's what I was going to ask because that is on my list, oh. not on my top fifteen. Oh, okay, no. so it's on the. <laughs> so I you mean, were if I could off kinda, the list, but you're still here, right? right okay. If I could push it in with sure. Lord of the Rings, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's throw that sure. in! Yay! Yay! <laughs>
0: Okay. Like, works right. for me. So, are you not going to... Do you
2: want me to give you another like, one? A,
0: like, a new title that wasn't mentioned, or are we just
4: going um,
0: <laughs> to give you and come back to you?
2: One of my most favorite books for a long time was The Chronicles of Thomas Covenant. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought it was great when I first read it, and I've read it several times, and... You know, liked a lot, several of the other books and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, my position, like, my uh, my perspective has changed f- since I've read that. hmm And I used to feel really bad for the main character. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, all these terrible things happen, and he's really just a victim, and he's just, just in this world that he doesn't believe, and now I've kind of just come to think that he was generally not really a great person to begin with.
3: Hmm. Okay, I can see that. And
2: and so.
3: I think I think I came down rather than the character is not a great character. This author's not such a great author that I thought it yeah. was. That's kind of where I where I went with that, changing my perspective because I loved those the first time I read that yeah. series too. Yeah. Hmm.
2: I th- I think that his writing is, I like I think I like his prose and I like his okay. descriptions. Um. I think that he played out the psychological aspects of his character mm, way too true. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. should have gotten past that, like, <laughs> after, after the first three books, if not, you know, somewhere in between, but then it's like, let's write three more books about him, like, oh, I'm a poor leper, and...
3: Yeah, yeah, that reminds me of that, that weird Kate Elliott series that I've, I know I've talked about before. It's supposed to be a trilogy. It started off great. The second book was okay. It was pretty good. And then she lost her train of thought completely and mm-hmm. kind of went crazy places. So, mm-hmm. third, fourth, fifth book finally wrapped up a few things, but didn't wrap up everything and ugh, lost her lost her everything so but for so the yeah, in, I, yeah. yeah for
2: the influence that it had on me and the things that mm. i enjoy now and my mm-hmm. ri- my own writing and stuff it still stays on
3: great nice. yeah. that's cool
0: mm-hmm. thanks chris mm-hmm. so i'm gonna start out with we have always lived in the castle by shirley jackson uh-huh. we have always lived or loved lived okay. we have always lived in the castle shirley jackson is mainly known for the haunting of hill house oh i thought she was mean
3: is she the lottery person the yes. short story, The Lottery. Uh-huh. That's what I know her from. Oh, okay. Because I had to read that in high school. Oh, required reading. Yes, they keep re- they
0: keep remaking the haunt the haunting yeah. of Hill House into like movies and shows like over mm-hmm. and over and over. So I guess that's why I thought that that's what she's mostly known for. Um, but We Have Always Lived in the Castle is a short book, but it's also very dark, and it's about. Um, a girl named Meerkat and some bad stuff happened to all of her family, except for her sister and an uncle that survived
4: hmm. and the
0: entire town thinks that it was the older sister that killed her entire family.
1: Oh my goodness. And, whew, that yeah. Sounds like a Denise book. Yes, it does. Hmm. But that was, okay. that's on my list of favorites.
0: Hmm. All right. Because you want to feel bad for the family, like yeah. she was acquitted. They couldn't find any evidence that she mm-hmm. did what she did, and or she didn't, um, and she was acquitted. But the whole town is—they yes. just
3: still think she did. Uh huh. And
1: mm-hmm. that's hard to get over. Yeah. Yeah. You know the public perception.
4: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I was just hearing a report on the radio as I was driving earlier today about a man who was um, falsely imprisoned and stayed in prison for 34 years and was recently really he was released about a year ago and all the things that he's having to to deal with mm-hmm. and part of it is legal stuff because his stay was vacated rather than overturned mm-hmm. it's all this legal rigmarole about what can and can't happen and he's still because of this status he still has to put on his job applications that he he was convicted mm-hmm. of murder
4: mm.
1: Wow,
3: he still has to put these things in in there because right. it's he's just in this limbo. So, yeah, to that's live why it's in the it, same town. And, yeah, that's oh, why it makes a goodness. big
0: difference whenever you've got evidence that someone right. didn't commit this crime. Yeah, but the district attorney is still like, well, just say that you did it, and we won't fight this anymore. Like, yeah, uh,
4: mm-hmm, no, no. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: because of that. Because right. if you are thinking, well, I am just gonna. Like, I just went out. I just went out Mm
4: -hmm. of here. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Gonna suck either way. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Dawn, what do you have next? Oh, so many. Which one do I pick? Okay, I'm gonna go with Lord of the Flies next.
3: Oh, my goodness.
1: All right. And, you know, it's a classic, but I think we're still required reading Mm -hmm. for a lot of students. Mm -hmm. And that's why I read it was required reading. Yeah. But it just... I think the ending just resonated, you know, with our human nature. Mm. So who we would be if we did not have structure. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The possibilities. Wow. Okay.
3: Okay. Well, my next one is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I put that instead of the whole Chronicles of Narnia because I couldn't decide if I wanted to put the whole series as my Mm -hmm. one or not. Because I think the books are uneven. Mm -hmm. But The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe really is my favorite of them all. So, yeah. I read that as a a young adult. It was actually... um, for my college children's literature class. oh, So I hadn't read them before that. I'd read other C.S. Lewis. I'd read the screw Tape Letters and something else that he wrote. But I'd never read The Chronicles of Narnia. I had never run across them until I read them for this class and hmm. then just loved them hmm. because, well, because I like fantasy and because it was just this interesting way kind of of telling – What I thought of as the Christian salvation story, in a in a really different kind of way that I think children could understand Mm -hmm. a little better, maybe than than the the story, you know, as it's told in the Bible and as people try to try to tell it, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: on their own. So anyway, that's my next one. I had Chronicles of Narnia on my list. Yay. So, See? I have I'll that on there, that. too. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm right? two for two.
3: Not that we're keeping score.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Everybody loves my books.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe I don't have a unique thought in my brain. Maybe that's where <laughs> this is really headed. Okay, Chris, what's next?
2: Um... Well in keeping with that, C. S. Lewis, mm-hmm. um, I'll go ahead and put you know, I I really enjoyed his science fiction oh, okay. series, The Out of the Silent Planet
4: mm-hmm.
2: and Paralandra and That The Hideous Strength. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever read those. Yep, I have. Yeah.
3: I've taught a small group on those.
2: But I think that I think that those are overlooked because everybody knows the Chronicles of Narnia mm-hmm. but those are Def- they're more on an adult,
4: yeah, comprehension
2: definitely. level, like of what the themes that are going on and things like right. that. And I like the classic science fiction vibes along with mm-hmm. the kind of the allegorical themes and things like that together. Mhm. It's like I don't know. It's like kind of like reading H. G. Wells, but it's C. S. Lewis. But
3: but it's deeper, yeah, because yeah. cause it's C. S. Lewis. It's deeper. Right. It's got it's got more layers mm-hmm. I think yeah, than H. G. Wells has. Yeah yeah yeah
2: so yeah. that's on there i CS figured i could include that onion yeah some overlap um that way we could like decide which one's out of the <laughs> uh,
1: okay you know i
2: thought like if i include several that i enjoyed by the same author then we can narrow it down to either one or the other <laughs> or <whatever laughs>
3: room,
1: so. that's fair well maybe we just have to add the favorite author well you know that maybe
3: that may be where we end up here but that's yeah.
2: fair. Professor Ransom trilogy, I think, is what it's often oh. known as. Oh, maybe. So I'll put that okay. like that.
3: Yeah, I didn't I never thought about it having a title. Okay. Okay. All right.
0: I've got Signal to Noise by Silvia Garcia Moreno on my list, which is a fantasy about love, music, and sorcery. What? Set against the background of Mexico City. And so it goes back and forth between 1988 and 2009. 1988 when the two main characters were teens in Mexico City and in 2009 when they're adults coming back. Mm. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. The sorcery part is, and the music part is that they um, use vinyl records and songs that are meaningful to them somehow mm-hmm. and can cast spells using them.
3: Mm -hmm. Oh, cool! That's interesting. So it's got a lot
0: of things that I like. Yeah. um, Eighties music, not just American eighties music, but also music that was very popular in Mexico during that time period, and magic and love. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of love stories, but
1: you got magic and music, and so I wondered about that, but then you kept going, and oh yeah, there it is. (laughs) Okay, I really liked the help. Ah, okay. It was funny, and I just, I don't know. It was just engaging, Hmm. I guess, the way that they um, told the story and Hmm. all that. So, all right. I don't know. I know was, lots of people agree with you. I mean, mm-hmm. it's yeah, really, really popular. And I just I I love the way that it ended with the, um, you know, I guess I like the comeback kind of story. Hmm. I guess you know with okay. the the maids and all that, how they came into their own. Okay. I think, mm-hmm. and not just the maids; it was like mm-hmm. the underdogs in the story yeah. came out. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, of course the the pie. Scene mm. was always. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yep. Even if you don't know that book, most people know, know about that now. That <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> yep. So. Um, anyway, I just I thought that was a good book. I liked it. Okay. Well, so my next one is the
3: Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, and then finished up by Brandon Sanderson and i think the reason i put it on my list is just because it was it was really difficult to read because every volume was so stinking long and it was so long between volumes and all that but there was just so much going on that was interesting and the whole the the magic underpinning of it all and the world that he had built and and the way all the different parts worked and the different societies that were represented it, I mean it was kind of a when I saw Game of Thrones I thought oh he's trying to write like Robert Jordan <laughs> I mean you know it's not the same thing but, but there were lots of different societies that were that had their own traditions and their own understanding of how the world works and Lots of there was a kind of an ensemble of main characters who all had their part to play in in mm-hmm. what happened. So one of those epic fantasy things. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed those.
2: So long.
3: Yeah, stinking long.
2: Like that's one I don't think that I'm ever gonna <laughs> try to finish. Yeah. I read the first one. It's not. Oh, okay. It's not on my list.
4: <laughs> all right. <laughs> Dang.
3: <laughs> that one's going that into my my the perfect You were my only my only hope.
4: Chris.
3: So, Alright.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, my next one I'll list is uh, also an epic fantasy. Uh-huh. Um, and it's in a big long series too, but I'm just listing just the first one. Um, I haven't read all the other ones, but I, I plan on enjoying them over the course of my lifetime. Because okay. there's like 13 of them and they're all like super uh-huh. long. Um, but it's Gardens of the Moon by Steven Erickson. Hmm. And I just, I don't know, I just really appreciate the scope of it. And, you know, it deals a lot with with warfare and um, trying to invade this country Mm -hmm. and the different motives of the different characters and um, that it's not just about what, I mean, in some ways, I know people would compare it to like George R. R. Martin. Mm -hmm. Um, I've read some of those too, honestly. I think this is much better. Uh, So, you know, y'all can fight me on that, too, if you want. But
3: this person (laughs) didn't get the TV (laughs) deal, huh?
2: Yeah, and this would be, like, incredibly difficult to do Mm -hmm. as a TV series because each book, like, kind of follows a different set of characters. Um, But I think what really, like, one of the things that really charmed me about this book is is one of the characters, um, Tattersail, is an overweight sorceress. (laughs) And... She's you know incredibly competent and powerful, mm-hmm. and very attentive to her wardrobe, and um, and all the guys just think she's great
4: hmm. and love her.
2: And I don't know, it was just you know kind of a different kind of character to include in a book like this. Yeah. you usually see these really you know smelt right? You know, magic right. users or these you know kind of damsels in distress, and she was not that at all. She was and, and none of the above. Yeah
4: that's cool very
2: different and she had a main you know love of interest with uh, one of the other main characters Hmm. and I just thought it was all very charming so that's cool yeah
0: (laughs) very charming
2: yes I thought it was awesome (laughs) and then I was spoiler alert okay what really sad because she got killed
0: what (laughs) because everybody died (laughs) a lot
2: of yeah but she's supposed to come back at some point sort of. And so I don't know. I haven't gotten to that point yet, but
4: hmm. yeah.
2: But Garns the Moon, great book. Came out of a tabletop role-playing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Group. They, they played these sessions and then this guy wrote the book based on that. Right.
0: Oh, interesting. Hmm. So I've got the Sandman comics series mm-hmm. on my list by Neil Gaiman. Um, and it kind of A little on that, because it has a lot to do with family dynamics with the Endless. Mm. Um, They're all siblings. Destiny, death, dream, destruction, desire, and despair. They're twins. Desire (coughs) and despair. And Delirium, who used to be Delight until she lost her mind and became Delirium. Oh, no. But this is, like, (laughs) a huge series Mm -hmm. of multiple issues. I think you've got ten graphic novel that all comes together oh, wow. to make um and it's a really interesting story like he really planned this out hmm, okay. um, because small details throughout mm-hmm. that you you're just like why what no well and then at the end it's
1: like everything fits oh my god <laughs> don't you love that
3: kind of stuff when it
4: all like falls it all into fits. place and there it is <laughs> yeah it's like you
1: have to read till the end
0: yes And then you realize that this one little thing that was mentioned like five Mm -hmm. books ago was actually really important (laughs) Mm -hmm. you didn't know until the end. And you're like, oh,
1: okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. Which one do I want to say? Hatchet by Gary Paulson.
3: Hmm. I thought about putting that on my list, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I almost did.
1: So, do y'all know about that book? I must yes. have read that like a million years ago. Yeah, I remember because I'm, I'm it a million years old. <laughs> yeah. I just read it like um, maybe four years ago because Zach was reading it in school, mm-hmm. and um, I loved it. It's like, oh my gosh, where has this book been all my life? <laughs> so, I just like the wilderness thing, survival, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's good. Mm
2: -hmm. It's intense.
1: It is. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And there was some, you know, personal issues, which the the teacher had given it to Zach to read. And the way the book starts out is the heart attack, or, Mm -hmm. you know, the pilot has a heart attack. Well, my husband had just had a heart attack. Oh, my goodness. Mm. And I'm like... You, I mean, he said, he recommended the book to me to mm-hmm. read it. And so it, mm. it must not have bothered him because yeah. he continued to read it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was it was good for him. Maybe I don't know. So. Yeah, so, mm. yeah.
3: Okay. Well, my next one is Outlander by Diana Gabaldon. So when I read this for the first time a few years ago... I thought, oh, this is what all those people trying to write guy-in-a-kilt romances are trying to do. This is the book they want to be. (laughs) This one got it right. Yeah. Well, the first one, I think. I think after that, I I mean, she's got some interesting stuff, and I'll keep reading them as she publishes them, but... But I think this one just sort of encompasses like what you want one of these to be like mm-hmm. because the research she did for the historical period and, you know, it, I think it just all kind of hangs together really well and I liked it. Hmm. So, there we go. That's all.
2: Is I there will a lot note- of
3: there is a lot of <laughs> That's my fourth book on my list, and that is the first one by a woman. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Out of my 15, I only have four women authors.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, all right. Mine are mainly women authors. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't even think of that when I was putting this together. It was just like...
0: And I didn't think about it either until I started looking, and then I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, I did my 15, and then I was looking. <laughs> I was like, all right.
2: Uh, let's see. What else do I got on here? Um, my favorite, probably, like, this is actually number one, and it is number one
4: mm-hmm.
2: for me, um, is the Dogsland Land trilogy by J.M. McDermott. Um, I put the whole trilogy on there because it's really more like... A book that was split up into three mm-hmm. books, but it's whatever. Yeah.
3: like *The Lord of the Rings*. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: never knew another. We when we were executioners, and we leave together. Um, and they were, you know, printed by like a, an independent publisher, mm. not self-published, but mm-hmm. you know, one of the small, yeah, small, um, independent publishers. And I just really enjoyed the story. Um, it's like really super dark, and there's a lot of like horrific, disturbing things that happen. Mm. But it covers some interesting themes about the nature of evil, and I think whether like a person is born evil or whether that's and cultu- mm. uncultured.
3: Interesting. Okay. Because there's
2: a character in there that's like half demon or mm-hmm. whatever,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and he's doing his best to be a good, a good man, you know. But
4: mm-hmm.
2: but keeps getting like pulled into evil for whatever reason, uh, whether it's his blood or you know the other people that are around him, and mm. yeah. So it kind of takes all that into consideration. Oh yeah and they, and their blood kills people. So Oh. Yeah. So he kind of like <laughs> he's going to throw
0: that in there. And <laughs> yeah, here. Just, yeah way.
2: like just by like <laughs> touching somebody you can make him really sick. So he's wow. got to like be careful about that and keep it a secret. So
3: hmm. Yeah. Okay. My
2: favorite right now. Like I need to go back and read him again.
3: Hmm. All right.
0: So I've got The Shadow of the Wind by Carlos Ruiz Zafón. That one is more of my historical fiction that I've got on here. Um, it's set in Barcelona in 1945. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, after the Spanish Civil War. Um, Daniel, the main character, he lost his mother when he was really young. He, uh, his, fa- his father owns an antique bookstore. And he falls in love with this uh, book called The Shadow of the Wind, written by Julian Carax. And so he, he fell in love with this book. And so he's like, I want to read more by this author. Mm-hmm. And he finds that all the books that were written by this author, someone has mysteriously been systematically destroying them.
4: Hmm. And so he
0: might be the last person that has the only copy of the only book left.
1: Wow. And
0: so hmm. it's got a lot of uh, secrets, murder, madness, now, my favorite, doomed love. Doomed love. Yes.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not those nice love stories. No, no. no. The doomed love stories. The doomed
4: love ones. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. If there's going to be love, it better be doomed.
1: <laughs> all right. So, I like all the murder and all that, and that sounds really interesting, but I do like the romance. Sorry. Well, I mean, there was still some romance. Yeah. Yeah. Like, It was all doomed. (laughs) Okay. um, I'm going to say the Left Behind series. Hmm. More the beginning ones Mm -hmm. than the end. The adult ones or the kid ones? Yeah. Adult. Okay. It was just a, a interesting take on, you know, what somebody thought could happen and mm-hmm. how it could happen mm-hmm. and and it was, you know, educational to a uh, an extent as well. Yeah. Um so, yeah.
2: I haven't read any of those. I knew a lot of people that liked them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's important to remember that it is one person's kind of their envision of it. Some people take it yeah. like like some kind of gospel truth like it's gonna yeah. be just exactly like that right which i just personally think that that's you know
3: yeah i
0: it, think that that's the strength <laughs> they think that he's a prophet of some sort i don't know just
2: think, maybe yeah that's,
3: that's maybe what they think
2: you yeah. Know, yeah interpretate it's you know it's an interpretation well
3: yeah.
0: all yeah. i know is that a nicholas cage movie was made out of it yeah so huh. <laughs> <That's>
4: <laughs> really a, yeah that's
3: interesting
0: Sorry, and this doesn't even look like one of those Nicolas Cage movies that I would watch.
1: Yeah,
2: but he does make those faces.
0: He does.
3: Well, that's right there on the cover. You can't (laughs) can't
4: help it. Yeah,
3: that's his face.
1: (laughs) That's that's his face. He just always looks
2: confused about
1: everything. Yeah. Sometimes I don't think things necessarily translate well into a movie. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. I don't know how that would. I don't know. The book was better on that one. No, okay. I, I don't even I didn't even watch. Well, the that movie, so a, I have no idea. There you're was another
3: to say the book was better.
1: There was another right. series of movies
0: made about these books too, but like a while back ago with um Oh my
3: god. Was this the one yeah. that Kirk Cameron was? Yes, in? yes Kirk yes. Cameron. And they actually
2: yeah, and they, and there they was were like They were like three low, of those. low budget films and they actually got higher ratings than the Nicolas Cage big budget one. Oh, yeah, that's
3: funny. Okay, well. All right.
2: All right, cool. Go well, ahead. my
3: next one is A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline L'Engle. And if I remember right, I think this was another one that I discovered when I was in college in in my children's lit class. I hadn't read it before that, but I loved it. And mm-hmm. that was when I was kind of going off on that fantasy Mm -hmm. direction anyway and so it just fit right there and the fact that it's a girl as the main character in a fantasy science fiction ish science fantasy whatever kind Mm -hmm. of book Mm -hmm. is really cool um so
1: i still have not read that yeah didn't watch the movie it's worth it
3: i don't know about the movie i haven't seen it but reading the it. book is worth it. I'm for that one. I know it's,
2: Yeah, I know it's on the list of things. We have it in graphic, graphic novel format, too. Yeah. You
3: might not have to devote a whole
0: lot of time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make that face, Pat. Graphic
4: it's novels. Not,
3: it's graphic not novels are reading, too. Novels. It's about graphic <laughs> novel versions of classic books and reading them instead of reading the classic book. It's a gateway. If it gets you to go read the classic book... That's great, but every, every graphic novel I know that's made from a classic book, you lose like 90% of what's in the book. It's like the cliff notes. Because, yeah, it's kind of like the Reader's Digest condensed version with, book, with pictures. So I, I wasn't making that face about graphic novels in general. <laughs> okay. I was making that face about graphic
4: novels. I gotcha.
3: Because we
0: will argue about how it's reading and it's still... Very important. We don't need to argue because we all agree. (laughs) We all
3: agree. It's just that don't let
1: that be the only experience you have with a wrinkle in time. That's fair. (laughs) Well, and I would have to um, categorize that as the same as watching the movie before reading Mm -hmm. the book. I can't Um, do that. If yep. I've watched the movie, it's all over. Yeah. So I have to read the mm-hmm. book first. So it makes sense to read the classic first and then read the, okay. the graphic yeah. novel. Because yeah. yeah. otherwise, if I read the graphic novel, I'll think, yeah, I got it.
4: I have mm-hmm. the gist. Mm-hmm. I don't need to
1: read mm-hmm. it. Then you lose the poetry. Okay, you're losing me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you're losing something. I don't mean it's written poetry
1: form. I mean, it's it's just so well written. It's so well written. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a bad attitude about poetry? Uh, Slightly. I chose
0: Sandra's Narrows, Woman Hollering Creek, which is a collection Mm -hmm. of her short stories, over one of her books of poetry. Uh, Okay. But I was very torn about that because they were Mm. both
3: really on equal par. Okay, Chris, you're up next. I am.
0: You are.
2: All right. You want to get weird?
0: Yes, we
2: haven't yet. Get weird. <laughs> Let's get
0: weird. This, is, this hasn't gotten weird.
2: <laughs> because I couldn't I can't have a top list of books without including some role playing stuff on there because I just love reading these books even if they are designed to be played and I probably won't ever play it. Um, it's Deep Carbon Observatory by Patrick Stewart. Not that Patrick Stewart
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, yeah, and illustrated by Scrap Princess. I don't
3: know who that is, but these Not illustrations. her birth name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I
4: hope. But, yeah, yeah, I was like, these, you don't know that. <laughs> look
2: at the glorious illustrations, like the cow-sized killer platypus.
4: Huh.
3: Oh. That's interesting. That person got an illustrator byline, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Isn't it great? Um, okay. <laughs> yeah and i just i can't I you know it's it this has it's filled with so many great ideas that you can use in your games even if you don't run deep carbon observatory hmm. and uh, i don't think i can i can pass this up without reading a little of the de- kind of glorious descriptions you look forward to yeah. if you read this book i yeah. recommend just reading it don't play just it. Read it just don't read it. it it's hilarious
3: all
4: right
2: um, and awesome Uh, Child-sized scavenging lungfish. These chunky, fat-faced fish gasp as they poke their heads above the water. They are not fast, but they are many and will leave the river to track you over wet mud. They hop awkwardly for your face like a wet bag thrown by a fool.
1: That's kind of um, crazy.
2: And it's just full of those random, weird descriptions about stuff like that. that It's just like, okay, you know, that's... I love it.
1: Wow. That's a very interesting image. Mm-hmm. A fish walking through the mud, reaching for my face. Right. Like a wet bag thrown by a fool. Yeah, by a fool.
3: Not just anybody throwing a wet bag. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Denise, what do you have next? I have um, White is for
0: Witching by Helen Yemi. And I really like this book because it is probably one of... You books where one of the main characters has pica. Pica is a rare eating disorder that causes people to consume non edible
3: substances. Oh
0: mm. and so- isn't
3: this like that person in in one of those books you hated that we talked about? Loathing books? Maybe. <sighs> Maybe was it the vegetarian? Oh, the vegetarian. Did she start eating like No, she just stopped or? eating.
0: Like she just stopped eating. <sighs> okay, at first she just stopped eating yeah, meat, yeah. and then it just because she was turning into a tree. And I so maybe remember that's you talking about that. And so she that didn't. Is that she, she, she didn't turn into
3: a tree.
1: Maybe that's. And well, so she I mean,
0: didn't need food. She just needed sunlight because she had turned into a
3: tree.
1: Yes, she needed nutrients from the ground. Did <laughs> her toes, <for> her roots? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so what kind of things? Chalk, uh pencil, like
0: just non-edible things. How weird. Yeah. That's a it's a real disorder. It's a real mm-hmm. thing. People mm-hmm. do go through that. Um but the main character Miranda who has pica, um she's 16. Her mother passed away, and so that just kind of makes mm. it all worse, but mm-hmm. it kind of it seemed like Pika is something that kind of ran in the family. Mm. And so it wasn't totally like a surprise yeah. to the family when it started to happen. But I mean, still, like you mm. need to eat food and stop eating chalk.
4: Right. <laughs> you know, right. but. Wow.
0: The house that her and her brother and her father live in, I guess you could kind of say that it's alive.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Does it have a clock in its walls? No. <laughs>
1: Okay. So like a book I read.
3: <laughs> and I thought it sounded like the Disney Afternoon Special Smart House. That, <laughs> not like that. No, there's it's a little, not AI. There's a little more darkness in here. Um, oh, of course. Of it's course. Denise. Yes. Talking about this book. Right? And so, yeah, there's just a lot. This of- is not a Disney
1: After School no, Special. No, it's not. <laughs> Your main character has Pika, <laughs> Right. Right. Okay.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I don't know anything about that disease, but... It makes me wonder if it's like your body needs nutrients.
3: That's it's what I've fun. read about. That is is that it's this weird way of your body saying, "I need this substance that's in here." But you know, that's yeah. kind of a theory. I don't know how. Yeah, how yeah
0: I don't think so. I don't because think a lot of people actually even like plastic. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean uh, things that are not. Yeah, yeah, like they're they're just things that are not edible. Yeah, They're not food. There's not mm-hmm. even any
2: minerals in that.
1: Exactly. Right. right. <laughs> at least there's something maybe in chalk. You can eat, uh, <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Calcium or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Um, yeah.
1: Hmm. Okay. All right, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay, Knight. Oh. Mm. Ellie So I just read that one recently. Do you want to know Just recently? It? I've read that. Okay. Cool. Actually, I just purchased it when we mm-hmm. were at the, um, at Dachau, the concentration oh, uh-huh. camp. Mm-hmm. And um, read it, yeah, like just within a, a couple days. It's, it was a really short book, but it's it's his. Oh, but that
3: was really, that was really a great way to read that, is just having that, mm-hmm. being there and having that feel and that impression still fresh. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then reading that book. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was very powerful, mm-hmm. just knowing where they were and, you know, the temperature
4: mm-hmm. and the
1: things that they went through. And we were there in the spring, and it was it was chilly. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think it snowed on us the last day. And to think about the clothes that they would wear oh, in the yeah. concentration camps and, um, you know, they don't have food and mm-hmm. all this. Um, wow. Wow it was interesting to to read, so yeah, that was one of my favorites mm-hmm.
4: okay
3: well i'm gonna I'm gonna go with Harry Potter next and the reason I included this on my list of course, obviously I was an adult when I read them because they weren't written when mm-hmm. I was not an adult but they've just had an impact on my family because we all really liked them. We've enjoyed the movies. We've all been to Harry Potter world. You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just something we talk about. We, it's, it's sort of a, you know, um, I went to a play with my daughter the other day. I was wearing my Ravenclaw socks and my Ravenclaw shirt and she had on her Ravenclaw boots and her Ravenclaw (laughs) sweater and her deathly Hallows scarf and we didn't plan this at all. It just, that's what we were wearing that day. So it's Have just fun. one of those things. So, Harry Potter. All of them. Yeah. Just <laughs> the series. Yeah.
1: I enjoyed reading them too. That was on my alternate list. Oh, okay.
2: It's not on my
1: list.
2: Huh. I read six yeah. and a half of them.
3: <laughs> six and a half?
2: Yep. That's what I always tell people because I didn't finish the last one. Mm. And I'm not disappointed. <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury oh
3: yeah it's not on my list but it could have been yeah good one
2: um it's you know it's got that same old school sci-fi mm-hmm. feel and I like the storytelling of it being a collection of short stories about different characters and different events but all revolving around this one right. event that is the colonization of Mars mm-hmm so, I really, that had an influence on the way I like to write and mm. stuff. So,
1: okay, very good. Mm-hmm. I have
0: Wolf in White Van by John Darnell mm-hmm. on my list. Um, the main character, Sean Phillips, he's disfigured, like his face is disfigured from when he was 17. And he tried to commit suicide and Hmm. left him disfigured. Um, And he created this game called Trace Italian, which is a text-based role-playing game. And um, two people, two teenagers, uh, Lance and Carrie, went out to kind of try to play the game like in real world and ended up dying. And so he Hmm. was being sued and... Just and so it goes back and forth between what's going on with him there and, and his guilt. Like mm-hmm. he he feels severely guilty even though like he mm-hmm. didn't have anything to do with it. I mean he created the, the game and right and it killed two people. And it goes back and forth between his youth and what oh, got okay. him to where he was mm-hmm. and Lance and Carrie and how they ended up where they ended Ooh. up. And so it's a very, very powerful book about guilt mm-hmm. and either accepting your guilt or letting it go yeah
3: that's on my my list to be read now. and
1: tell me what the name of that one
3: was again it's
0: a wolf and white band by john darnell john darnell is the lead singer of the mountain goats oh yeah
3: them mm-hmm.
2: i'm gonna have to put them on my list
0: no Don't do that.
2: Oh, I will not put them on that list.
0: (laughs) Lots of people love the mountain goats. Like love the mountain goats. Like John Green counts the mountain goats as like one of their like one of his favorite bands. Mm. And I'm not a huge fan of of John
3: Darnell's singing. Okay. Like,
0: but he is an amazing writer and his lyrics Mm. are amazing.
3: Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) it sounds like Bob Dylan to me. Yes. Yes, (laughs) exactly. I love Bob Dylan's lyrics. Just let someone else sing it. Yeah. Please. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. What do you got, Dawn? My turn. The Boys Who Challenged Hitler. Mm. That was, uh, I think, the. I mean, it was a true story, mm-hmm. and it was about a group of boys who who stood up for what they believed in, mm-hmm. and that was like, I mean, they faced death, really. Yeah. And so for them to be able to stand up for something that they believed in, and it it gives you a different perspective, um, instead of like just the U.S. or in Germany or you know different things. This was uh, boys in Denmark. Mm. and how Germany invaded them. So that was kind of just a different Mm -hmm. perspective to see uh, how the war affected a different country. And so Mm. I enjoyed that book.
3: Okay. Well, my next one is The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. And this was... I read this when I was in graduate school. I don't actually remember what year it came out, but I think I read it pretty mm-hmm. early after it came out. And um it it really kind of solidified for me my attitude about feminism mm-hmm. and about women's rights because of the the very graphic portrait that she paints of what happens to a society when women lose all their rights. Mm-hmm. And and how that could happen, you know, how how that could be and then i my favorite part of it is not necessarily the part where i see what's happening in the underground mm-hmm. it's it's the surface society and how people are living their everyday lives mm-hmm. and and how that that came about so that's a pretty important book
0: yep
2: oh yeah it's me again mm-hmm. oh my gosh i keep forgetting. Uh- Again. Again, yep. Yeah. Uh, I also put The Island of Dr. Moreau by H.G. Wells. Ooh, good one. Because that's my favorite, H.G. Wells. Yeah? And I like how creepy it is.
3: Did you ever see that movie with Belle Kilmer?
4: mm do, yes. yes. do I need It was creepy,
3: creepy to? <laughs> wasn't it? Yes. That was really creepy. Well,
4: I can't remember
3: who else was in that.
0: Uh, Farisa Balk. Was the girl in that and uh, Marlon Brando? That's what.
2: Hmm. I, okay,
3: that's right. Marlon Brando. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm.
2: But I, I don't know if he, if like, if anyone did this before him. But I know that it's been done a lot since mm-hmm. then. Is he opens the? You know, he opens the story with, like, all the things that are contained in this story are absolutely possible through vivisection. Uh, and that seems to be a thing that they do in a lot of stories now is they like make the statement at the beginning like Mm -hmm. about how true and factual and accurate everything is even though it's not really well yeah (laughs) if you if you know the
3: definition of science fiction and you know what's possible now what we're doing now and you take it just a few steps forward Sure. It's possible.
2: It's possible to make, to to alter animals both physically and mentally so that they are Mm -hmm. anthropomorphized and sentient.
3: Sure. According to H.G. Wells. Did H.G. Wells,
2: he he foresaw and knew this? He knew
3: that. He was, (laughs) I think he had to be prescient. He was, he just came up with so many. I mean, obviously, he didn't tell his stories Mm -hmm. exactly the way they turned out, but. But holy cow, the kinds of things he imagined were just incredible.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: To, and to think about what was really going on at that time and what he had to base this on, the, the kinds of leaps he made were just amazing, I think.
2: Anyway, it, it's a technique I took note of, and I think, that it's, <laughs> I think it's fun to do that.
3: To scare people just right off <laughs> to just be
2: like yep all this stuff can happen or all this you
3: know yeah all right
0: i have rebecca by daphne du maurier
1: oh, on my list yeah. i forgot about that one <laughs> yes okay i'm gonna agree with you on that one Woo! you don't have to take <laughs> that one off your list doesn't sound like pat wants you to either nope
0: i love rebecca i love that book so much I like how the main character doesn't have a name, and she doesn't need a name,
4: Mm
0: -hmm. and how psychologically creepy the whole thing was, and...
3: So Daphne du Maurier is one of the first authors I read that that made me start reading Gothic Romance, Mm -hmm. Because as long as there's the romance part, it's fine. <laughs> and I'll read the gothic part. But, you know, there aren't that many people doing gothic romance anymore. Mm-hmm. They're really... And I don't know whether they think it's done. You know, that... that I, I, just, I just don't know. Or maybe I'm just not seeing them and I don't know they're out there. No. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I just don't think there are that many people doing that. Most of the romance writers are doing the very formulaic...
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. You know, mm-hmm. something
3: might go wrong, and obviously there are conflicts and blah blah blah. But yeah, it's not gothic. Yeah, like it's maybe it's just settings, or I don't know, I don't know what it is.
1: Oh well, good book. Oh, oh why? Why? See, I've got all these books, it's like, <laughs> do I? Do I not? Um. So, on that same note, Anna Karenina. By Leo Tolstoy. Mm. Did y'all read that? Also I know been it's a out really there. Long time, yeah. It's um tragic romance. Mm-hmm.
2: Doomed love. Like, doomed. doomed love.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Denise is kind of doomed. <laughs> Doom and gloom. I think that was kind of interesting for me that I actually read Tolstoy, so Mm -hmm. I I was pretty proud of myself. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) And it was a good book. I mean, it was frustrating at times. It's like, really? Stop it! (laughs) But it was good.
3: Well, my poetry book, A Child's Garden of Verses by Robert Louis Stevenson, because I remember reading that when I was a little, little bitty. My mom had the copy that had her name inscribed in it, and for some reason she had her sister's copy too. I don't know why her sister didn't have it.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: But I just remember reading it. My favorite was The Land of Counterpain about the boy who was sick and had to be in bed, but he had all his toy soldiers, and he made this whole village and this whole countryside and played while he was stuck in bed. So, that's my
1: poetry. Sounds like a new movie coming out. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. With, what's mm-hmm. his
1: name? What? What is his name? The guy who plays in The Office? Steve Carell? Steve Carell? Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Sorry, I just saw the, the trailer. Yes,
3: his new movie is really serious, right?
1: Yeah. It is, like it's, it is, but it's kind of creepy. It's weird. Was oh, well, this like isn't that?
3: creepy. I mean, this is just sweet. <laughs>
1: He was bullied and um he creates this other world of what mm-hmm. he would have been like, I guess. Welcome
3: to Marwin.
1: Yes, that's it. Oh.
3: Victim of a brutal attack finds a unique and beautiful therapeutic outlet to help him through his recovery process. Oh, interesting. I think it might
1: be good, but it's still so Gwendolyn of the- Christie is in this.
3: Like she's the second person
1: listed.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it didn't look it was it, was, yeah. it looked different for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
2: I got the real story, the Gap series by Stephen R. Donaldson. That's his science fiction
1: okay.
2: series, um, which has got a, uh, strangely has a lot of similarities to the Thomas Covenant series. Hmm.
0: Strangely, you say. Yeah. Which, from
2: what I understand, all like a lot of his series are like that, <laughs> actually. But okay. I think that it's better storytelling, and I think there's a lot more. I think the pacing's better. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting story.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, I've got some nonfiction on my list. Okay. Uh, I've got An Arrangement of Skin by Anna Journey, which is a collection of essays that I think are amazing. I'm just going to list all of my nonfiction books while I'm at it. Yeah, go um, My Body's a Book of Rules by Elisa Washuda. She is Native American and has... Uh, depression and mania and she had a eating disorder and there's just all kinds of trauma but she is so open about her trauma. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult book to read uh, because there's a lot of times where you just gotta put it down and process what mm-hmm. you just read mm-hmm. but I think her honesty and her openness about all of the trauma because she was also sexually assaulted mm-hmm. like it's just it's just amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing to read, it's amazing to just how up front, she is about everything. Okay. um I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara, which we did a mm-hmm. whole doom, like, murder on that. So it's amazing. Everybody should read that.
3: See that episode. Yep. yep. Maybe hear that episode.
0: <laughs> and that is all the nonfiction I have
1: The Count of Monte Cristo. Ooh, good one yeah i read that one that Not was on my list but it could have no? been all right well it was um it was required reading um mm. in high school and i don't remember a whole lot about it but i do remember it was like surprising to me that i liked it because mm-hmm. we had to read tale of two cities and oh,
4: Mm-mm. that
1: was hard Mm-mm. yeah yeah um is that a graphic novel now too? Sorry, <laughs> um, Please, like, I hope <laughs> that'd be the worst graphic
4: novel ever.
1: <laughs> um. Anyway, I can't really say a whole lot about it because mm-hmm. I don't remember it a whole lot about it. Just he, he was wasn't he imprisoned falsely or uh-huh. yes, and then he broke was, out and uh, it
3: yeah. Yeah, a, a twin sort of thing who took over his life and imprisoned him. And yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm. <laughs> I think, did mm, one mm, one movie. Mm, mm. I think. No,
2: really. I think are getting it mixed up he, with the man in the Iron, Iron Mask. Mask
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you here so like, no, that's Never not mine. <laughs> 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 no,
0: he got in, he got imprisoned. <coughs> um, he broke out. He came back and pretended to be someone else uh, that he was yeah. rich and so forth to get revenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fine. So that's probably why I liked the revenge. Yes, it's the revenge. Yes, and you know, and it's like I'm going to execute this very well thought out long term plan. Yes, it was for yes. my revenge. And I'm like,
1: <laughs> I feel you, bro. <laughs> Let's do it.
3: <laughs> you're in it for the
1: long haul (laughs) (laughs) okay
3: in my defense it was written by the same person Mm -hmm. (laughs) who also wrote the three musketeers and all the other musketeers books so i'll just throw that out there the first
2: three and all the other musketeers too
3: (laughs) yes yeah that's fine there were a bunch
2: yeah
3: bunch of musketeer books yeah it was like he had a publisher who said we're making money off this yeah Write more. I should write more about this. Like you get now. He
4: did yeah. a good
1: job. Yeah, he did. With, I'm gonna have to read that one again. I don't reread books. It's just like been there done that. Yeah, I don't reread mm, books usually either. But it's been so long that I might be able to pick it up and yeah. read it. So Okay.
3: Next Okay. Time. Um I'm gonna throw out a couple of um sci fi that I have on my list. One is Fuzzy Nation by John Scalzi. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: And John Scalzi kind of took the theme of a book, like classic sci-fi, and now I don't remember the title of it, but it has fuzzy in it somewhere. I don't remember. But it's it's all about... um, these people who are exploring the universe they find a planet on which there are these little beings that are kind of like they they resemble ewoks sort of mm-hmm. kind of um you just can't call them
1: Ewoks, right so you. That's, that's <laughs> you. yeah, right. Um, which may be why pat likes it so, <laughs> um,
3: but but what they discover is that these little creatures are sentient beings but the man, the corporate, whatever, mm-hmm. wants to just take over the planet and take in the natural resources. But according to interplanetary rules for how to operate, as long as there are sentient beings for whom this is their home planet, they're not allowed to do that. They mm-hmm. can't take away a planet and its resources from a group of sentient beings. And and it's kind of this whole exploration about what it takes to be human, Kind of, because you know, not that these beings are human, but mm-hmm. they are in like the bigger concept of what it means to be human and to to be to 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 work with other people and to be willing to look at people who are different than you and and accept them as complete human beings as you are and give them the rights that they you know, that 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 are kind of inherently theirs. So mm-hmm. and and there's a couple of characters who have to kind of decide which side they're gonna be on. And so that whole exploration, that kind of inner turmoil and, you know, sorting through what their values are and what their priorities are and what they're gonna stand up for is is really interesting. And the other sci fi book that I have on my list is Ender's Game. And I'm kind of hesitant to to mention that one just because of the author and kind of some stands that he mm-hmm. has taken personally, mm-hmm. but this was a book that my son had um, assigned to him over the summer, mm-hmm. and I read it for the first time then and loved it, and it's it was another kind of... Um, in that one, because the main character is a child, I thought that was a really interesting exploration mm-hmm. of you know who we are and who who we can be how we have to you know do you do you have to bring up a child without morals in order for them to to be the best battle captain general whatever out there or can someone have um empathy and and an understanding of of other creatures as part of the greater creation and still have you know have your way of life protected or whatever and so it's it's kind of there's all kinds of issues in it and i really enjoyed it so ender's game Mm -hmm. by orson scott card so
1: yeah i really like both of those yeah, my son had to read that one too yeah. this last summer and I need to read it I read it's again. great okay okay
2: Only my last two game related things okay um, Death Frost Doom was a fun read and I've actually had some experience kind of running it Denise can
4: <laughs> this is
2: one she's actually familiar with a little bit yeah it's pretty much like Evil Dead the the role playing game
4: <laughs> <laughs> sort of
2: Um, Or at least it has a lot of callbacks to that. Uh, It's very metal. And also, Four Against the Dark. It's Four Against Darkness by Andres Filigoy. I think that's how you say that. Um, It's a solo pencil and paper RPG game. It's like you can play games Mm. by yourself with dice and paper and you don't. Have to have a TV or other people. It's not and, solitaire. And it's it is yeah. Well, it's solitaire.
3: I mean, it's not the game. So. No, it's not the <laughs> game solitaire. But you play it Solitary. solitaire.
2: And I think it's a neat system. I've done some experiments uh, running it using pre-made adventures for other systems, and it works works well. If you're you know, you just have to be kind of creative. It's like a solo role playing has been referred to as like a guided daydream. Sort of.
4: Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because you're, yeah. you're playing as like
2: the player and the game master, sort of. Hmm.
4: Um,
2: it's not lame at all.
4: <laughs> okay.
2: It's not. You're not Blowing a you're yeah. just going to say that. I'm just going to say that. Just throw that out there. Um, but, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun okay. book. That's it right there. <clears throat> That's all my game stuff. So.
3: Okay.
0: Oh. I have a couple of YA books mm-hmm. on my list and one middle grade book that I think I've talked about all of them before on the podcast. Uh, the Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Mm-hmm. I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter by Erica L. Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And The First Rule of Punk by Celia C. Perez.
1: So The Hate You Give is going to be a movie mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, it's yeah. Real soon. It
3: looks good. What was the last one again? The title of the last one, sorry. Uh,
1: The First Rule of Punk by Celia. Punk. Okay. C sorry. Perez. All right. Thanks. Okay, so and that's all yours?
0: I've got one more okay. and then that's all of mine.
1: Well, I'm going to list 1984 by George Orwell. Because I just think that was fascinating. Like you and Chris were talking about that other book mm-hmm. um, about how they can write about things that seem to be, I mean, years ago yeah. that yeah. seems to be happening now. Right. Uh, it's amazing. Go ahead.
3: I've got a couple of picture books that I put on my list. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even think
1: about picture books.
3: McElligot's um, Pool by Dr. Seuss is my very favorite Dr. Seuss book. And I think what I really like about it is just the possibilities. Because it's this this little kid named Marco who's sitting at pool. And some guy comes along and says, you're you're an idiot for sitting there. Because you'll never catch anything. Nobody ever catches anything in McElligot's Pool. And Marco says the whole rest of the book. But this could be attached to a stream that attaches to a river, that attaches to a lake, that attaches to another river that goes out to the ocean, and all these things are possible. So you never know what you'll find at McElligot's Pool. And then the other one is the runaway bunny. And it's one that... Um, my kids really, really liked, and I really liked the idea of the mom being willing to always, no matter where their child runs off to, they're all, the mom's always willing to just be there and, and catch them when they fall. So, there's those.
2: Um, I got The Last Dragon by J.M. McDermott. That's the same guy that wrote that other series mm-hmm. that I like. Um, weird, kind of a weird format. Uh, it's a lot of, like, kind of like vignettes mm-hmm. of different scenes and things that are going on. But they, when you read them all, they form a complete narrative and a complete cool. story. It, c- it takes some creative. Like, if, you're, if you are really good at, like, filling in the, the space between scenes, then mm-hmm. I just, I enjoy things like that. I like the style of writing. So, it was really good. Um, I think that the only other one I had was... Just because I'm reading it right now and I really like it, I put the Ancient Magus sprite on there. It's a manga series. I think manga is generally somewhat ephemeral as far as like,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I usually never reread mangas mm-hmm. or anything, yeah. but um, it's interesting. It's good writing. It's an interesting story. I don't know. I can elaborate, but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, The last one that I have is The House of Broken Angels by Alberto Luis Uria. Um, It is a family story. The patriarch of the family is dying. And he wants that one last huge birthday party. Hmm. And so the family comes. All of the family. This is a Mexican family, by the way. So there's a lot of family. (laughs) And it's basically about people come to terms with their family. And come to Hmm. terms with death and just all the family drama that can happen in one big birthday party
1: (laughs) Mm, cool Diary of Anne Frank Hmm. I've got a lot of
4: Mm -hmm. World War II stuff Mm -hmm. and along
1: that same line Codename Verity oh that was a good book yeah I like there was just such a twist at the end Mm -hmm. I love that with books that you something you're not expecting So, are you done? So, No, I got three left. Okay, I've got two left. Go ahead.
3: Okay, well, I'm going to just throw them all out there. No, I've got four left, actually, I think.
2: What? That's too many, Pat.
3: I I got three left. Okay,
4: okay that sounds right. I've
3: got right. three left. <laughs> oh, pshaw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's my three. they They're all. They're all series. They're all tough guys so when is Jane the James Bond books I read those when I was in like started when I was a senior in high school and read them all through college and that's when you know when I was a kid I wanted to be a spy when I read those I wanted to be a spy again mm-hmm. never did obviously of course
2: if she was she wouldn't tell us
3: that's true right. I have to kill you so, right. so this maybe be a I plant. am and maybe I'm
1: not <laughs> right we'll see if we can catch her <laughs> I'm that good. (laughs) I'm that good.
3: Okay. And then there's the Jack Reacher books by Lee Child that I really like just because of who Jack Reacher is. And he's just, you know, he's just this low-key guy and, you know, he always manages to make everything right. And then there's a similar series. It's John Sanford's. It's not the main series he's known for, the Lucas Davenport. It's the Virgil Flowers series. And Virgil is this kind of newer character that came into the other series, the Lucas Davenport series. But Virgil is is just this interesting guy. He's the son of a Lutheran pastor, so even and he's a cop. So even though he kind of... You know, does things that are sort of on the edge of the law to make things right. He he still thinks about God, and it it's just kind of an interesting thing. Okay, that's my that's my list.
1: Okay, so I have two more, so I can go with classics or not. I'll go with not. All right, the Yada Yada Prayer Group series. Hmm. That was really good. Anybody? No? Anybody? Tell us about I've, that. I've I've heard of it. Um, it's just about this uh, group of ladies who uh, come together and they end up forming this prayer group and they're just an an odd group that would have come together and it's just a series of books and Mm -hmm. about some you know different circumstances that happen in their life and um, yeah that's good and then the other one is uh, at home at Mitford series Mm -hmm. I like those too and Jan Karen writes those. One of the the books, I can't remember which one it was, but it said um, "Bloom Where You're Planted," mm-hmm. and I always love that saying. It's you know just mm-hmm. kind of gives you inspiration yeah. for where you are and what you need to do, where you're at. Mm-hmm. All
4: right.
2: I had one more. It was yeah. nonfiction. It was the the Black Metal, the Evolution of the Cult. I've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. It's my it's cool. the only nonfiction. Book that I regularly will be like yes I love that
4: book. It yeah. was a great
2: experience finding out all about the history <laughs> and the real story.
1: Tell me, tell me again what it's called.
2: Black Metal: The Evolution of the Cult.
1: Cool. All right, so there's so many books here. Yes. Mm-hmm. it's like, which one do I pick up to read next? Mm-hmm. Wow, that was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Looking at listening yeah. to what yeah. everybody else is reading and.
3: Especially the, oh yeah, I love that book. Yes. <laughs> that, but it wasn't on my list. Someone else thought of it was. That was cool. That was great.
0: So we took a few minutes there to calculate and figure out. To the do to one.
2: To do combat. <laughs> Mortal combat.
0: <laughs> Got a little, I don't know, Thunderdome is fun.
2: <laughs> well,. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna wrap this up.
0: Yep. So let's go over the list. It should total up to fifty.
2: It should total up to fifty.
0: But we're just gonna we're just gonna assume it does. I
2: was gonna mention that, you know, you only hear two voices right now. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> we are the survivors.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs>
0: letter is no joke, y'all. That's right. <laughs>
2: Okay, so I guess I'll start with mine and Pets. Yep. At least the ones that, that were on our list that made it onto the final selection. The final. Some of them are crossovers that we both mentioned. Um, so we got Lord of the Rings. We both said, said that one. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. And also the Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis. Uh, We've got the Wheel of Time series, The Outlander, A Wrinkle in Time, McGilligot's Pool, Harry Potter, The James Bond series, Fuzzy Nation, The Runaway Bunny, Ender's Game, and The Handmaid's Tale. All of those... On Pat's list, and then I'll go through and name off the ones that I selected that were included that aren't crossovers. Uh, Gardens of the Moon, The Dog's Land trilogy, Deep Carbon Observatory. Everybody should read it. Really, y'all, you should read it. Um, the Martian Chronicles, Island, The Island of Doctor Moreau, The Gap series, The Last Dragon. And Black Metal, The Evolution of the Cult.
4: All
0: right. So I'm going to read off Don's list. Okay. Pet Cemetery, Lord of the Flies, The Help, Hatchet, The Left Behind Series, Four Adults, Not the Kid One, <laughs> Night, The Boys Who Challenged Hitler, Anna Karenina, Count of Monte Cristo, 1984, Diary of Anne Frank. Codename Verity, and the At Home in Mitford series. Okay. And mine are We Have Always Lived in the Castle, My Body is a Book of Rules, Signal to Noise, The Hate You Give, The Shadow of the Wind, I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter, The House of Broken Angels, Wolf and White Van, White is for Witching, The First Rule of Punk, Woman Hollering Creek the Sandman comic series, and Rebecca. All right. So that should be 50. If any of these books sound interesting to you, we have most of them here in the library. But we can also get others around other places if need be. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you think. If you read any of the books or have any feelings one way or the other about anything we've mentioned. Yes. You can comment on Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter. I don't know if you can comment on iTunes. Maybe.
2: I know you can like us on iTunes. Totally. Or rate us or whatever. Yeah. Give us.
0: Subscribe.
2: subscribe. Give us a good rating. Yeah. Even if you just enjoy like one of these books. <laughs> you can agree with us or you can read it and check it out. And That's right. Then you had a great recommendation.
0: That's right. So that was it. Fifty of our favorite books for this fiftieth episode.
2: See you again in fifty episodes. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll see you before then. I'm sure. Here you'll hear us. You'll before hear you. us. But fifty episodes strong. That's right. And uh, we'll look forward to another fifty episodes stronger on for our hundredth episode at some point.
0: Oh. We'll
3: start thinking about
2: that. Yeah, we'll start thinking about that (laughs) at some point. But uh, all right. I think it's been great.
3: All right. Well, thanks for listening to this 50th episode of the Long Overdue Podcast. This has been a production of the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. Thanks for listening.